The Wonderful History of Peter Schlemiel, The Man Who Lost His Shadow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Megan Lamb. The Wonderful History of Peter Schlemiel, The Man Who Lost His Shadow, by Adelbert von Chamisso. Translated by Frederick Henry Hedge. Chapter 5. Footnote. This chapter, with the three succeeding ones, is occupied in working out, in a strikingly original way, the mythical doctrine, so common in the folklore of the Middle Age, of the sale of the soul to the devil in return for riches and pleasure. It is a new variation of the Faust legend. The mysterious man in the grey coat is a companion character to the Mephistopheles of Goethe and the victim, after the disastrous failure of his experiment and his desperate repudiation of the compact, becomes a powerfully reminiscent fantasia of the wandering Jew. The shadow of Schlemil is the symbol of his immortal soul, according to the immemorial beliefs of the early world, as evidenced in language by the Eidolon of the Greeks and the Umra of the Romans, and the synonym shade and ghost in English. In his development of the story, Chamiso treats these notions with an exquisite combination of wit and humor, dialectic skill and literary felicity, which the reader will do well to study carefully. End of footnote. It was still early morning when voices, which were raised in my antechamber in violent dispute, awoke me. I listened. Bendel forbade entrance. Rascal swore high and hotly that he would receive no commands from his fellow, and insisted in forcing his way into my room. The good Bendel warned him that such words, came they to my ear, would turn him out of his most advantageous service. Rascal threatened to lay hands on him if he any longer obstructed his entrance. I had half-dressed myself. I flung the door wrathfully open and advanced to Rascal. What wantest thou, villain? He stepped two strides backwards and replied quite coolly, to request you most humbly, Herr Graf, just to allow me to see your shadow. The sun shines at this moment so beautifully in the court. I was struck as if with thunder. It was some time before I could recover my speech. How can a servant towards his master? He interrupted very calmly my speech. A servant may be a very honorable man, and not be willing to serve a shadowless master. I demand my discharge." It was necessary to try other chords. But, honest, dear rascal, who has put the unlucky idea into your head? How canst thou believe? He proceeded in the same tone. People will assert that you have no shadow, and in short, you show me your shadow, or give my discharge. Bendel, pale and trembling, but more discreet than I, gave me a sign. I sought refuge in the all-silencing gold, and that had lost its power. He threw it at my feet. From a shadowless man, I accept nothing. He turned his back upon me and went most deliberately out of the room with his hat upon his head and whistling a tune. I stood there with Bendel as one turned to stone, thoughtless, motionless, gazing after him. Heavily sighing and with death in my heart, I prepared myself to redeem my promise and like a criminal before his judge, to appear in the forest master's garden. I alighted in the dark arbor, which was named after me, and where they would be sure also at this time to await me. 
The mother met me, carefree and joyous. Mina sat there, pale and lovely as the first snow, which often in the autumn kisses the last flowers and then instantly dissolves into bitter water. The forest master went agitatedly to and fro, a written paper in his hand, and appeared to force down many things in himself which painted themselves with rapidly alternating flushes and paleness on his otherwise immovable countenance. He came up to me as I entered, and with frequently choked words begged to speak with me alone. The path in which he invited me to follow him conducted towards an open, sunny part of the garden. I sank speechless on a seat, and then followed a long silence which even the good mother dared not interrupt. The forest master raged continually, with unequal steps to and fro in the arbor, and suddenly halting before me, glanced on the paper which he held, and demanded of me with a searching look, May not, Herr Graf, a certain Peter Schlemil be not quite unknown to you? I was silent. A man of superior character and singular attainments. He paused for an answer. And suppose I were the same man. Who, added he vehemently, has by some means lost his shadow? Oh, my foreboding, my foreboding, exclaimed Mina. Yes, I have long known it. He has no shadow. And she flung herself into the arms of her mother, who, terrified, clasped her convulsively and upbraided her that to her own hurt she had kept herself to such a secret. But she, like Arethusa, was changed into a fountain of tears, which at the sound of my voice flowed still more copiously, and at my approach burst forth in torrents. And you, again, grimly began the forest master, and you, with unparalleled impudence, have made no scruple to deceive these and myself, and you give out that you love her whom you have so deeply humbled. See there how she weeps and writhes. Oh, horrible, horrible. I had to such a degree lost all reflection that, talking like one crazed, I began. And after all, a shadow is nothing but a shadow. One can do very well without that, and it is not worth while to make such a riot about it. But I felt so sharply the baselessness of what I was saying that I stopped of myself, without his deigning me an answer, and I then added, what one has lost at one time may be found again at another. He rushed fiercely towards me. Confess to me, sir, confess to me, how became you deprived of your shadow? I was compelled again to lie. A rude fellow one day trod so heavily on my shadow that he rent a great hole in it. I have only sent it to be mended, for money can do much, and I was to have received it back yesterday. Good, sir, very good replied the forest master. You solicit my daughter's hand. Others do the same. I have, as her father, to care for her. I give you three days in which you may see after a shadow. If you appear before me within these three days with a good, well-fitting shadow, you shall be welcome to me. But on the fourth day, I tell you plainly, my daughter is the wife of another." I would yet attempt to speak a word to Mina, but she clung, sobbing violently, only closer to her mother's breast, who motioned me to be silent and to withdraw. I reeled away, and the world seemed to close itself behind me. 
escaped from Bendel's affectionate oversight, I traversed an erring coarse woods and fields. The perspiration of my agony dripped from my brow. A hollow groaning convulsed my bosom. Madness raged within me. I know not how long this had continued, when, on a sunny heath, I felt myself plucked by the sleeve. I stood still and looked round. It was the man in the grey coat, who seemed to have run himself quite out of breath in pursuit of me. He immediately began. I had announced myself for today, but you cannot wait the time. There is nothing amiss, however, yet. You consider the matter, receive your shadow again in exchange, which is at your service, and turn immediately back. You shall be welcome in the forest master's garden. The whole has been only a joke. Rascal, who has betrayed you, and who seeks the hand of your bride, I will take charge of. The fellow is ripe. I stood there as still asleep. Announced for today? I counted over again the time. He was right. I had constantly miscalculated a day. I saw it with the right hand in my bosom for my purse. He guessed my meaning and stepped two paces backwards. No, Herr Graf, that is in two good hands. Keep you that. I stared at him with eyes of inquiring wonder, and he proceeded. I request only a trifle as memento. You be so good as to set your name to this paper. On the parchment stood the words. By virtue of this signature, I make over my soul to the holder of this, after its natural separation from the body. I gazed with speechless amazement, alternately at the writing and the grey unknown. Meanwhile, with a new-made pen, he had taken up a drop of blood, which flowed from a fresh thorn scratch on my hand, and presented it to me. Who are you, then? At length I asked him. What signifies it? He replied. And is not that plain enough to be seen in me? A poor devil, a sort of learned man and doctor, who in return for precious arts receives from his friends poor thanks, and for himself has no other amusement on earth but to make his little experiments. But, however, sign. To the right there, Peter Schlemil. I shook my head and said, Pardon me, sir, I do not sign that. Not, he replied in amaze, and why not? It seems to me a certain degree serious to stake my soul on a shadow. So, so, repeated he, serious, and he laughed almost in my face. And if I might venture to ask, what sort of a thing is that soul of yours? Have you seen it? And what do you think of doing with it when you are dead? Be glad that you have found an amateur who in your lifetime is willing to pay you for the bequest of this X, of this galvanic power or polarized activity, or whatever the silly thing may be, with something actual. That is to say, with your real shadow, through which you may arrive at the hand of your beloved and at the accomplishments of all your desires. Will you rather push forth and deliver up that poor young creature to that low-bred scoundrel rascal? No, you must witness that with your own eyes. Here, I lend you the tarn cap, the cap of invisibility. He drew it from his pocket, and we will proceed unseen to the forester's garden. 
I must confess that I was excessively ashamed of being ridiculed by this man. I detested him from the bottom of my heart, and I believe that this personal antipathy withheld me, more than principle or prejudice, from purchasing my shadow, essential as it was, by the required signature. The thought also was intolerable of me making the excursion which he proposed in his company. To see this abhorred sneak, this mocking cobalt, step between me and my beloved, two torn and bleeding hearts revolted my innermost feeling. I regarded what was past as predestined, and my wretchedness as unchangeable, and turning to this man, I said to him, Sir, I have sold you my shadow for this in itself most excellent purse, and I have sufficiently repented of it. Let the bargain be at an end in God's name. He shook his head and made a very gloomy face. I continued, I will then sell you nothing further of mine, even for this offered price of my shadow, and therefore I shall sign nothing. From this you may understand that the cap-wearing to which you invite me must be much more amusing for you than for me. Excuse me, therefore, and as it cannot be otherwise, let us part. It grieves me, Herr Schlemel, that you would obstinately decline the business which I propose to you. Perhaps another time I may be more fortunate. Till our speedy meeting again, apropos. Permit me yet to show you that the things which I purchase I by no means suffer to grow moldy, but honorably preserve, and that they are well used by me. With that, he drew my shadow out of his pocket, and with a dexterous throw, unfolding it on the heath, spread it out on the sunny side of his feet, so that he walked between two attendant shadows, his own and mine, for mine must equally obey him, and accommodate itself to and follow all his movements. When I once saw my poor shadow again, after so long an absence, and beheld it degraded to so vile a service, whilst I, on its account, was in such unspeakable trouble, my heart broke, and I began bitterly to weep. The detested wretch swaggered with the plunder snatched from me, and impudently renewed his proposal. You can yet have it, a stroke of the pen, and you can snatch therewith the poor, unhappy Mina from the claws of the villain into the arms of the most honored hergraf, as observed, only a stroke of the pen. My tears burst forth with fresh impetuosity, and I turned away and motioned to him to withdraw himself. Bendel, who, filled with anxiety, had traced me to this spot, at this moment arrived, when the kind, good soul found me weeping and saw my shadow, which could not be mistaken, in the power of the mysterious gray man, he immediately resolved, were it even by force, to restore to me the possession of my property. And, as he did not understand going much about with tender phrases, he immediately assaulted the man with words, and without much asking, ordered him bluntly to allow that which was my own instantly to follow me. Instead of answer, he turned his back and went. But Bendel up with his buckthorn cudgel which he carried, and following on his heels without mercy and with reiterated commands to give up the shadow, 
made him feel the full force of his vigorous arm. He, as accustomed to such handling, ducked his head, set up his shoulders, and with silent and deliberate steps pursued his way over the heath, at once going off with my shadow and my faithful servant. I long heard the heavy sounds roll over the waste till they were finally lost in the distance. I was alone, as before, with my misery. End of chapter 5 Recording by Megan Lamb